Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Today I come to you live to talk about Good Friday. I saw this sermon online as I was reading it. I said, okay, I think I want to re-preach this, basically. So this is not a sermon that I wrote, but more so a sermon that I saw. And I'm going to read it to you guys, okay? A few years ago, on Good Friday morning, there was a battle taking place. The classic battle between parents and a teenager. The particular battle took place in the family home and centered around who was going to a Good Friday service that day. And as you can probably guess that the parents wanted their 15-year-old daughter to go to church and the daughter, of course, did not want to go. The daughter could be heard protesting, why should I go to church? Why would anyone want to go to the service? What's so good about Good Friday? It's all so depressing, all this talk about death and all of the suffering and all the nails and the blood and an attempt to appease her parents. The daughter said, I'll go to the Easter Sunday service with you when the mood is in such a better and brighter time. This maneuver did not work on the parents at all, as the mom said in the firmest voice that she could muster, I don't want to hear any more of this kind of talk. You are coming to church with us this Friday, and that is final. That Friday is today. The final three words that the mother spoke to the daughter reminds me of another story told by a seminary professor. A pastor had the idea to put some red paint on the wooden cross that they used at Good Friday services to represent the blood of Christ. The chair of that church's council did not really like that idea, and she let the pastor know what her feelings were. She said, this is a church service, not a wrestling match. And the pastor tried and tried to make his point understood, but the council chair was not going to have any of that bullcrap. She ended the conversation by saying, Pastor, you know I think you are a great pastor and we are lucky to have you here with us. But there will be no red paint on that wooden cross and that is final. Unfortunately, some preachers don't really talk about the ugliness of Good Friday or the pain and suffering that Jesus experienced on that day, the church in general often denies the crucifixion of Jesus by not preaching it, by withholding it, or by being apologetic about it, and by dancing around the brutality of what actually happened to Jesus on that day that he was crucified and when he died. We need to not only hear what happened to him, but we need to think about it and let it enter our hearts. And as difficult as this may be, we need to fight through the disgusting that we share with our that was shared with the teenage daughter. We need to reflect upon the depressing painfulness of Good Friday. Why do you ask that this should uh, be discussed? Because if we watered down the crucifixion we also watered down the resurrection and in order to get the full measure of how much god loves us we need to enter fully into details of good friday i like this specifically and i like how the image of this preacher uh said uh it was he said that uh he liked to use the image of perry springtime and as a person who lived in this part of the world so much, uh, 
and he looked forward to spring because of the long winter that they've had gone through uh, and without living through a difficult winter springtime would just be another season that's what I took from that uh, so to continue on the Roman means of cru uh, of execution was crucifixion and the Romans were professionals at crucifixions they did not uh, they didn't do them by themselves they did it all together uh, they did them by thousands and recorded the details of their executions in uh, history books on the other hand the Jewish people killed by all the stoning going on Jesus was sentenced to die by the Roman courts therefore he was sentenced to die by the crucifixion outside the city walls of Jerusalem uh, one more crucifixion wouldn't bother the soldiers. It was all in a day's work for them. Uh, therefore, as this happened at the other Roman crucifixions, the Roman soldiers whipped Jesus. We know from history books that those cruci uh, crucified received 39 lashes across their backs. And if you could imagine a man's back that, uh, that, that uh, has been whipped or lashed 39 times, it is not pretty. It is not a very pretty sight. Uh, Jesus was then given a long wooden bar about six feet long that he was given to carry to Golotha. Uh The vertical post was stuck in the ground waiting for Jesus on the side and the person being executed would carry the six foot board which would be attached to the top of the vertical wooden post stuck into the ground to form the cross. It was about a 10-minute walk from the place where Jesus was sentenced to the place of the skull outside the city wall. It was a 10-minute walk if there were no crowds, but on that day the crowds were crushing against one another as a badly whipped Jesus slowly carried the top piece of that cross to the place of his execution. Jesus was so exhausted by the pain that uh, Simeon of Cyre was picked from the crowd to carry the cross piece for him. And while Jesus painfully walked to his death with the crown of thorns on his head and his purple robe wrapped around him, he was being mocked, spit on, struck at, and cursed at. And we can use our imaginations to see that the lashes that he received and the times he was struck were even more forceful than usual because this man was much talked about and there was something very very special about him this troublemaker was not only being crucified he was being uh, publicly humiliated as well and we can only imagine the soldiers and the other people in the crowd being extra extra nasty towards him on this occasion the humiliation continued as they placed an inscription on the cross saying king of the jews the humiliation continued further as they stripped him and striped him naked before they tied him to the cross and drove the nails through his wrist and his feet into the wood and it is important to dispel a fairly common thought at this point there are some people out there perhaps that 15 year old teenager who liked uh, who, who like to soften all of what you have just heard by saying that Jesus was the Son of God. Uh, he probably didn't even feel anything like we would have to this kind of saying, I say no, not a chance. Yes, Jesus is equal parts divine and human, but through all of this suffering and the nastiness, he was completely, completely a human. 
Uh, and for the author of the book of John, the words, I am thirsty, revealed Jesus' humanity. Jesus' tongue was swollen and the roof of his mouth was like sand and his throat was crusty dry. He was flesh and blood. He was tested in all points as we were. He went before us. He knows what it is like to be a human being, to be in a crowd and yet feel lonely. He knows how it is to feel forsaken by loved ones. God knows what we face in all the worries, the sadness, the pain, the fears, the aggravations, the pressures, the stress, and yes, the thirst because of the life of Jesus, including Good Friday. God knows, God knows everything and he knows it all and he's all knowing. God understands and judges mercifully. And on this day of Good Friday, we stress Jesus' humanity. On this day, we don't hide it from what he went through for each of us and every one of us. On this day, we focus on his words from the cross, I am thirsty. And we also focus on what he said right afterwards. The last words of the Lord in John's memory are, it is finished. A short and simple phrase like the end and the conclusion of a movie. But John and all the gospel writers make one thing perfectly clear. That the last words of Jesus were not spoken in gasping resignation and defeat. They were not words of a man dying without a cause. These simple words carry the same force as a mother who sings when her child is born and the pain of birth is gone. The sweet joy has come. It is finished. Was the signal from the Savior that salvation is assured. All he came to do is surely done. It is finished. The word in all of its parts is now fulfilled. In John's view, these words of Christ were spoken in triumph from the cross and were meant to be his signal of victory to the entire world and to everyone that it is finished and your sins are forgiven and it is final thanks to be to God and that is my Good Friday message in an explanation of Good Friday because many people don't really understand what Good Friday is or why Good Friday is the way that it is because many people they don't like it they think it's too gloomy that's just like this teenager girl I totally agree with her why do we have to go to church and listen to seven preachers preach about the same thing over and over again and they really don't even teach you about what about what's really going on I really liked when this preacher broke it down and everything that he said. I totally agreed with it. And as I just share it with you, something that came to my heart, I share it with you. And I hope that you listen to this message. It was a very great message. And please take a lot from that message. Um, if you have any questions or concerns about anything, please be sure to let me know. I'm always willing to have a conversation with anybody about this kind of thing. Um, it, it's really fun actually doing it. Uh, so thank you guys for watching. I will see you later on. God bless and have a wonderful, safe, good Friday and Easter.
and I'm going to read it to you guys. Okay? A few years ago, on Good Friday morning, there was a battle taking place. The classic battle between parents and a teenager. The particular battle took place in the family home and centered around who was going to uh, Good Friday service that day. And as you can probably guess, 